Cougs house. All right, the Houston Cougars have a familiar foe this weekend, but we've got a new guest on to help us break it all down. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the day the podcast is about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can lay on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. If you're joining us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is so good to see you again. Remember to hit subscribe. We want to give away every 250 subscribers. I think the giveaway is going to be one of those substantial hoodies um, that we get. Uh, the Galen Robinson's got the new light blue out, like the guy up uh, up there, right behind me. Um, so make sure you get one of those out and we get to 1750. Get us there and subscribe. Like and comment on the videos. Let us know you're in the contest. If you are tired about talking Cincinnati, you're more of a basketball guy anyway. Who could blame you? Tell us in the comments down below all right we had indian food tonight uh we're recording after i had indian food after and i love sog here what is your favorite dish at an indian restaurant all right tell us in the comments down below all right fun fun episode today we got a buddy named neil uh neil meyer comes to us from front office news he is a cincinnati alum he's gonna help us break all things cincinnati down let's bring on neil and we are joined by Neil Meyer. Neil comes to us from Fun Office News, a Cincinnati alum himself, and also does some work with Riverfront U. Uh, Neil, how are you? I guess the evening when we're recording. How are you doing this evening? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, the Rockets are winning by a lot. Uh, Houston Cougar basketball season has started. Football actually won last weekend. And we got homecoming this weekend. So Cincinnati comes to Houston for homecoming in a matchup of teams that are somewhat familiar with each other, frankly. Um, how is, I mean, we're both new to the big 12. How has y'all's trek through the big 12 been? What's the vibe been like? Yeah. So obviously, uh, the trek through the big 12 isn't what many people expected for the first season, uh, for the Bearcats fans, but they're riding a seven game losing skid right now. So, I mean, obviously you look back and any opponent who sees a team riding a seven game losing streak, uh, is going to be happy that they have that matchup on their roster, on their schedule. But overall, I mean, you're looking down like this hasn't been an easy trek through the Big 12 because we know what uh, powerful conference the Big 12 is in terms of football. And you're looking down at this first year in the Big 12. I mean, they started out great. You get the dominant win over EKU in week one, 66 to 13. Then you go on the road and beat Pitt 27 to 21. And after Pitt, everyone was feeling great. It looked like things were trending in the right direction, but then you suffer the heartbreaker to Miami of Ohio in week three. And that was a game not many people were expecting to lose. If, if any people, anybody was expecting to lose. I don't think <laughs> many people had that one on a bingo card, but it came down to the missed field goal in the end, which a coverage got slipped on the PA or the field goal attempt where the guy came through untouched, snatched the field goal, blocked it. And then they go down and, uh, Brett Gabbert leads an overtime drive and finds a touchdown there across the middle. But I think that Miami game is what kind of really upset a lot of people. I mean, obviously, Cincinnati fans aren't expecting to lose to Miami of Ohio, especially a small max school that's 40 minutes up the road. So no, 
if you'd have said Miami of Florida, I'd be like, hey, you know, it's not their year either. Miami, Ohio, you know, I really, really wouldn't have thought, thought much. But, but the Big 12 games themselves have also been heartbreakingly close. Um, I would argue like Houston's run into size problems, right? Like Houston's got a bunch of guys flirting with 300 pounds, not guys that are 350. Like you see, like when we ran into Texas, they had some giant defensive linemen. Kansas State had some big defensive linemen, those kind of things. What's been the big adjustment you've seen for Cincinnati? Yeah, I, I definitely think that has been the biggest adjustment. And obviously the style of play from the American Conference a, se- a couple seasons ago to now the Big 12. I mean, the we talk about it. Offensive linemen have been the biggest terms of issues for the Bearcats making this jump. Defensive linemen, these guys are not 300 pounds anymore. I mean, you just mentioned Texas. Texas has some big guys up front. Oklahoma has some big guys up front. Kansas State. Like, these are guys who – 350 pounds and can move so you're talking about that like that's a big point of emphasis because I mean obviously these guys have three four years of experience in this big 12 conference compared to Houston BYU UCF and Cincinnati who are just now entering the conference so they knew the challenges that were going to be ahead and I think that's been the biggest terms of like struggle and emphasis has been the offensive lines but then you also talk about the running backs in this conference I mean Ollie Gordon, what he's doing right now is incredible. And UC had kind of slowed him down two weeks ago in the first first half. And then second half, second half, he just went crazy and bust back door wide open. And then you have RJ Harvey, who got the best of us on Saturday. I mean, I think he had 19 carries for 167 yards and three touchdowns. So, I mean, you have a guy between Ollie Gordon, who some of the Bearcats even compared – Ollie Gordon as like a top three running back that they have ever played. And I mean, Malik Van was the one who said it and he's been here now (laughs) six years. And I mean, you look back at who he's played in that time span, you have a JK Dobbins, you have a guy in Kenny Gainwell who are both in the NFL and Malik Van even said it in his press conference. He was like, Ollie Gordon's tough. Like he's top three, arguably of running backs he's faced in all of the big, all of his playing career. Even last year with Tajay Spears, right? Like, it just um, high praise, high praise. And we guess we get him the next week. Um, talk to me some about the roster there because, you know, much like, so Houston's got, you know, over 40 new faces this year. Cincinnati's in the same. I think you said off air, they had like 30 something, 33 new faces between freshmen and transfers. Um, and Houston fans will know very well. You can have a talented roster that maybe isn't winning a whole bunch of games. Um, what I, I I point to the running backs. So on the offense side of the football, you have a pair of good running backs. Tell me about them, and then what other offensive names that people need to know if they're getting ready for the game this weekend? Yeah. So looking at the Bearcats' offense, obviously the two guys that really stick out are Corey Kiner and Miles Montgomery. They're at the running back position, but. Another name to keep an eye on is tight end Shimon Mateer. I mean, he started to flash here in recent weeks, but this is a tight end who is six foot five, two fifty, and has been clocked at twenty one miles an hour roughly this offseason. He's got great hands, can move, can block in the box as an extra O lineman, but he's a guy who can beat you in many ways and provides so many different unique traits to an offense. So that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in Shimon Mateer. Then you look at the wide receiver position, uh Leading receiver Xavier Henderson came to the University of Cincinnati from Florida. He spent time with Emory Jones. Uh, Henderson, a quick guy, bigger size, who leads the Bearcats in receptions. He was top five 
in the Big 12 before two weeks ago. So he's still top 10 in receptions, I'm fairly certain. So he's a guy with great speed. The deep ball connection for Emory Jones, that's who is going to be the deep ball target. But then you have a smaller guy in Braden Smith who has really started to turn things on on the offensive side at that wide re- uh, wide receiver position in recent weeks. Very quick guy, smaller, shifty, but has great body control, can really go up and get a ball. He's great in contested catches. I mean, heck, we saw the one he made in week two at Pitt where he had to get the toe, toe touch there in the back of the end zone. Kind of remind a lot of people of Pike DeBins. But then he also did it last week versus UCF. And, I mean, he had to go up against the sideline in the back of the end zone. So, Braden Smith and Shimon Mateer, Xavier Henderson are three guys outside of the running room, uh, the running backs to keep an eye on uh, for the names of Cincinnati people. All right. Now, we got to take a pause in the action here to tell you about our buddies at Prize Six because I feel like you're feeling like me. You feel like we're going to win this one this weekend. If you want to continue winning throughout the weekend weekend, you need to go to prizepicks.com. Now, they do all kinds of cool things throughout the year, but the thing they're doing right now with it being this like equinox of football season and basketball season and hockey star kind of thing is you can combine projections on stats from across different sports and play these daily fantasy sports games with things different sports. So you can go like uh, over under 10.5 on Travis Kelsey receptions and LeBron James three-pointers made. And if LeBron makes four threes and Kelsey has seven receptions, boom, you got it. You can do all kinds of things across sports like that. Right now, they also have, because it's football season, a reboot policy that your entries can stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. That means you got a guy that exits in the first half and does not return the second, that player gets rebooted. And PriceFix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that type of an injury insurance policy. So make sure you check them out. Make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. If you use the code locked on college, you get a first deposit match up to $100. Put $100 in, they get you $100 back as well. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix America's number one daily fantasy sports site prizepicks.com well and it's just it's interesting because um talking talk to me about you mentioned emerson as the quarterback um he he should have the power five experience be frankly very well adjusted to big 12 right uh, had a lot of time at florida um what uh, he's quick very very quick mm-hmm. um the positives I see when I watch a couple of y'all's games get ready for this week were uh, appears to be a, a true dual threat guy. Um, and frankly, you mentioned the deep threat. I thought he had a strong arm. Um, what's been his adjustment like to the Big 12? Because not all Power 5 conferences are the same. Yeah, so I think the adjustment to the Big 12 was definitely something that has been somewhat challenging, I guess you could say, for Emory Jones. I mean, he dominated in non-conference play, but then he went through this struggle here in Big 12 play before UCF uh, this past weekend. He went four straight games with the most yards I think he had passing in the four-game stretch was 117 versus Iowa State. So he went three games under 100 yards. He really struggled against BYU. He struggled there against Iowa State. And Iowa State, like he even mentioned it in his uh, post-week presser leading up to Iowa State that he had never seen a 3-3-5 defense before. And for Cincinnati guys, that's something we are very familiar with. And you, you would, Parker would attest to that too, considering Cincinnati ran a three-three-five defense for the last four years under Coach Trestle. So overall, I mean, I think it's just been – it's been an adjustment to say the least. But overall, he's a dual-threat quarterback. Scott Satterfield loves a dual-threat quarterback. For anyone who's watched 
a Scott Satterfield offense over the last few years and what he's been able to do. I mean, heck, he developed a guy in like Malik Cunningham, who's now in the NFL. So he's a dual threat guy, but I think he is just struggling on the consistency on the offensive end. I mean, the deep ball's there. He has great arm strength. Like I've seen him in practice throw 55, close to 60 yards through the air. But it's just the consistency. And I mean, that comes down to great defenses in the Big 12. And I mean, it's not like what it was at Arizona State or heck, even his time at Florida. Like the Big 12 has been a different juggernaut in recent years in terms of football. Obviously, Florida has gone a little bit downhill. And then (laughs) compared to what it was in his first year there as a Florida Gator. So overall, I mean, for Emory Jones, the biggest thing his emphasis was on this season heading into the Big 12 was, he just wanted to play and have fun. And he said that earlier in the season that he's he's having fun again for the first time in a while. So that was the big emphasis for Emory Jones heading in this offseason was just to play loose and have fun. Well, and, you know, hey, I, I, I'm glad the guy's having some fun. I hope he has a little bit less fun on Saturday. But in the big picture, I guess it's a good thing to be having fun. Um, I guess it's just interesting because you mentioned he's, you know, got a 100 and um, – I think he said 17 yards was the most he had in a couple weeks or whatever. I forget the exact stat off the top of my head, but um, I don't, I don't think that it feels like the offense should have to worry about that that much. They seem very run heavy, and and we mentioned the pair of running backs. Um, what what do you see as the difference between the two guys? How do you delineate what they're going to do well against, like against Houston or or just throughout their? I mean, Big Twelve, I guess, as the season's you know nearing an end with a month here. But looking at those two and projecting how this Saturday goes, who do you see doing well and what do you see them doing well? Yeah, that's a great question, Parker. That really is. And I think for the Bearcats fans, I think Corey Kiner is going to be the lead back on Saturday. I mean, the way just the way he started on Saturday versus UCF, and this was a guy who was on a limited practice basis heading into the UCF game after getting banged up versus Uh, Oklahoma State Miles Montgomery also is banged up against Oklahoma State so both those guys were kind of on a limited basis heading into UCF and then Corey Kiner comes out the first drive and I mean absolutely hits somebody with a stiff arm straight bounces the guy and it was like an NFL caliber stiff arm and Corey Kiner is a guy who many people have followed during his time at LSU or at Cincinnati or even if you followed him in high school you know he's a bruiser You know he loves the contact. He will take the contact, and he will make you work for every yard. Now, Miles Montgomery is a guy who's got the quicker speed, but if Montgomery breaks a hole uh, on the outside or even if he gets through a hole, it's going to be hard to keep him contained in that second level just because of his quick explosive speed. And we've seen that in recent weeks. I mean, he had a 40-yard touchdown run uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and then he came back and had another big long run. Uh, for a touchdown the following week. So he's got two big, long touchdown runs on the season. But I think for the Bearcats to be talking about their running backs, I mean, Emory Jones is a guy who is struggling right now. And, I mean, Scott Satterfield has mentioned they might be playing two quarterbacks here. We saw it last weekend versus UCF. We saw Brady Lichtenberg get some snaps. He mentioned he would like to see Brady get some more time throughout the rest of the season. So it could be a two two quarterbacks that we see on Saturday. and. For Emory Jones, I mean, he's very capable of moving with his feet, but I think the two you really got to keep an eye on is Corey Kiner and Miles Montgomery just because what they're able to do. I mean, heck, this is a running back tandem that, heck, even throw Ryan Montgomery into that list as well. So 
that whole running back room is someone that can kind of keep that keep a name on because I think it's been four games this season where they've had two running backs both go over 100 yards. Miles Montgomery, like I was watching again, getting ready for this weekend, and I was telling myself he didn't look like he's moving that fast. And I'm looking like, oh, his feet are—he's taking two steps every six yards. Like, like when he gets in the open field, he's like, he really, really does explode out the gates, almost like a track star, um, to where it looks like he's moving fast very easily. Like I say, I said, like he didn't look like he's moving that fast because he's—he's—he just makes it look effortless. Um, if if Cincinnati were to win this weekend, you're you're leaning that they have to be like a big time run game kind of team. Houston Stevens got to be prepared to stop the run. It sounds like. Yeah, most definitely, especially the way the running attack has been going for the University of Cincinnati this season. I mean, they're sixth in the nation in rushing yards right now. So, I mean, anytime you can have that, I think they're averaging like 224.5 yards on the ground per game. And I mean, that those are huge numbers. So, I mean, anytime you can get a run attack going like that, and then if you can get that passing game going a little bit, offenses are going to be uh, smooth sailing, but this is an, an off uh, run-heavy offense. So... And, I mean, the Cincinnati team, it's kind of hard to just predict them to go crazy in the run game because they've outgained six of their nine opponents. Like, the record might not show for that, but if you right. look deep into the stats, they have outgained six of their nine opponents this season by significant yardage, too. Well, and that, that flips me kind of, kind of the other side of the ball. So, it's not Sauce Gardner on defense, right? Like, this is <laughs> this is a different team. Um, but talk to me about the Cincinnati defense and – it's a new system. You mentioned it, the three three five of, of old. Um, it's a new system, new names. They got you know the Godfather in the middle still. Like he, you know, <laughs> he's still there. Um, but who should Houston be looking out for? Well, we can start with the Godfather if you want on the defense side of the football. What does Cincinnati do well over there? Yeah, I think definitely the big thing for the key success for the Bearcats on that defensive side of the ball is definitely the. Uh, defensive line. I mean, you mentioned Dante Corleone. He's probably one of the best interior defensive linemen in all of the country. I mean, he was rated PFS highest graded defender a season ago. So you have a guy in Dante Corleone. You have Malik Van, who's returning for his sixth year and he's fully healthy as well. This is a guy who's battled injuries the last few seasons. So Malik Van thrown in the mix there. And then you can't forget Jawan Briggs, who's just a freak of nature as well, paired up with a guy like Dante Corleone, Jawan Briggs, Malik Van, those three right there are key pieces to the success for the Bearcats defense. But this isn't a defense that's at their strongest. For many have known, Sammy Anderson has been out all season due to an injury, and that was their top cornerback on the roster. I mean, Sammy had a tremendous camp, tremendous fall. I mean, he was probably looking the best he's looked in his whole career. And, I mean, he was poised for a big season. He was really starting to take on that. That cornerback role, I mean, he played a lot of the slot last year. He's played the nickel. He's played the boundary. This was a guy who's played all over the place. And then week one, he suffers an injury that knocks him out for the season. So, I mean, that that's obviously the huge blow. But what the Bearcats do so well is that they can get pressure to the quarterback. And it starts with the three guys up front and Dante Corleone, Malik Van, Jawan Briggs. But then you also got to throw like a guy like Daniel Grizziak. Uh, in the edge of that, the Utah State transfer. I mean, those four up front can cause a lot of problems for opposing offensive lines. 
All right, so I'm sure at this point you're like, okay, I got a lot of insight as to what's going on with this Cincinnati and Houston game this weekend. And you want to go to do something with it. I'm going to tell you to go to FanDuel.com. Use code Locked On to do something with it there because right now new customers can visit America's number one sports book and get $150 back in bonus bets for any $5 winning money line bet. Now, the money line of this one is still set at Houston minus 128. Uh, make sure you go check out that money line. Again, they also have Houston as a two and a half point favorite. I'm saying take Houston on the points. I'm saying take Houston on the money line. I'm saying go over the over-under. It's going to be a fun, fun Saturday for all things Houston Cougars. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now. Again, $150 anytime you win a $5 money line bet as a new customer. They also have all kinds of things on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So make sure you go check out FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL and football season this year. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, and, you know, obviously we mentioned both offensive lines have had some adjustment periods in the Big 12, and it doesn't sound like things get any easier this weekend. Um, Houston Houston touts a wide receiver room. Um, Houston's got, uh, you know, a little banged up, but they're hoping to be at full strength by Saturday. Um, but, you know, with, with that wide receiver, you mentioned the guys that we rushed in the passer. But I also want to know who who covers who at this, right? Houston's got a handful, like I said, of very talented receivers. I don't know. You mentioned Sammy's down. I don't know who's out there. Co- I don't know enough about the guys that are out there covering folks for Cincinnati. What can you tell me about the back half? Yeah, the back half. So, I mean, uh, obviously the secondary was a big key emphasis in the uh, transfer portal this offseason. So, I mean, they brought in a guy in Jordan Young from Florida who didn't see much time at Florida. But now he's one of the starting uh, cornerbacks. So he's been seeing significant time there in the back end. Uh, Justin Harris was also a guy who stepped in for Sammy Anderson uh, when he went down. But he didn't start last week. Uh, freshman Kalen Carroll got the start last week. And Scott Satterfield gave him a lot of praise for how he handled UCF. And thought he was very poised. So Kalen Carroll is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, you never know with it being the end of the season, they're just might be throwing some young guys into the fire. Uh, Justin Harris is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Taj Ward is still back there in the secondary. That's another guy who's been all over the place there in the secondary. Uh, and then you have Brian Threads, who everyone kind of knows what kind of player Brian Threads is, especially seeing him the last uh, few years there, especially being down in Houston, a hard hitting <laughs> safety who you never know what, what might be coming. I mean, we saw the hit he had versus Baylor where he caught Blake Shapin on the run on the outside where he just absolutely dropped the hammer. And then uh, Brian Thress is also a good defensive back who can read the quarterback really well. So overall, those are what some guys to expect in the Bearcats secondary. But you might see some different guys out there as well this week. Well, and so Cincinnati, this is uh, they go to Houston this weekend to West Virginia the next, and they host Kansas to end. Um, that is much more difficult than Houston ends the season. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because they want to come back to this game. Um, but what is Cincinnati? I mean, this may be, for all intents and purposes, the last like winnable game. I mean, West Virginia's kind of had a, a little bit of a weird year, but at one point they were in the top of the Big 12. Uh, Kansas is ranked, as weird as that is to say, and, you know, it's looking to see if they can kind of backdoor their way into something at the top of this conference. Um, does 
does Cincinnati need to win the Houston game to consider the year success? Is that what what's on the table here for them? Yeah, if you're asking me, I would say they have to get a win on Saturday down there in Houston. I think that would be the most important thing because when we were looking at the schedule early in the season, there was a couple teams that stood out in what we considered as easy wins, easy, quote-unquote, easy wins for the Bearcats on their schedule. You definitely would have circled Iowa State. You definitely could have circled Baylor. You could have circled Houston, depending just what they were able to do over the last season. Houston's kind of in the same boat we are, trying to get guys out of the portal and whatnot. But then Houston has really turned things around. West Virginia has had a season not many have really expected. Yeah. And they're predicted to finish dead last in the conference. I know I'll even say it like my preseason ballot i definitely had west virginia at the bottom of the conference i did too i did i, I was wrong i did too yeah, yeah I, i'll leave my words on that one i was definitely wrong on that one and then byu was a winnable game as well so i mean overall you look down you see yeah should have won maybe three or four of those games but i think this houston one you got to get one at least one big 12 conference win and this is going to be the most likely matchup in my opinion where they could get it done uh, especially with what West Virginia is doing right now, what Kansas is doing right now. And that's without uh, Jalen Daniels at quarterback. So what Kansas is doing yeah. right now is incredible as well. So, but I think this is the matchup that favors them the best of the final three. So if you can get a win at Houston this week, you can climb, build some momentum heading into West Virginia, and maybe you can pull one off in West Virginia and get two, of the final three, that would be what I would consider a success towards these last three games for the Bearcats. Two quick things. One, you mentioned this feels like a game you got to win. Uh, that feel, feels important to win because the most likely to win a winnable Big 12 game you got left. Um, are there any Cougars that scare you, any matchups you're worried about as a Cincinnati person? I know you you do a fairly deep dive. You cover a lot of different sports for Cincinnati, too. Um but anything at this point in the week, like, oh, man, I'm really worried about this matchup or that matchup or anything as, as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Yeah, definitely the Houston wide receiver room. I mean, Cincinnati has given up a ton of explosive plays there in the secondary. I mean, teams have came in here and thrown for 60-yard touchdowns, 70-yard touchdowns. Miami's first play from scrimmage, Miami of Ohio, drops an 80-yard bomb the very first play from scrimmage. So Cincinnati has given up a lot of explosive plays in the passing game. And especially with a wide receiver room that has so much talent. I mean, heck, Samuel Brown is turning into a huge, huge piece in that yeah. wide receiver room down there. Matthew Golden, Joseph Mainjack's coming back. And then you're looking at those three guys on the offensive end are huge guys to keep an eye on. Just because Cincinnati has given up so many explosive plays. I mean, heck, there was one game this season, Parker. I think we tracked it at like 16 or 17 explosive chunk plays that UC had given up. And I mean, if you ask me, that's, that's incredible for the opposing team. Like <laughs> it is a, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a if lot you of get that many chunk plays. You're not going to lose many games as an offense. Well, and it also clearly like to go for that many chunk plays implies like you're taking that many shots. You don't take them like that. just whole psyche there. Okay. So you're talking about chunk plays, talking about big passing plays, talking about both defenses, you know, ha- you know, having not a great year necessarily. FanDuel, our partners here at Locked On, um, has the game set at Houston's a two and a half point favorite. I'm sure you're thinking that's way too, you know, you're probably taking Cincinnati there. But the over under is interesting to me and set at 54 and a half. 
it looks like to me both teams are going to be in the 30s in this one. I, 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 what you see that line over under 54 and a half. What are you thinking as Cincinnati person? Yeah, as a Cincinnati person, you definitely can swing both ways on the over or the under. Like, I mean, you never know what offense is going to come out. I mean, especially if they can come out and they can establish what they're trying to do early in the run game, that would make you kind of think, yeah, let's take the over. But what only being able to put up uh, what they put up at UCF, I think it was 20, 29, 26. It was 26 versus UCF. They put up 29 versus Baylor. Uh, Houston is a team that will probably put up at least 24 points on the Bearcats on Saturday. So if I'm if I'm thinking FanDuel-wise, I'm definitely kind of <laughs> leaning towards the over, if you ask me. It, it's just interesting. Like, are they going to – I understand that neither team is necessarily where they want to be. Uh, Houston's four and five, Cincinnati's two and seven, but it's just interesting that they think it's gonna be that low scoring and affair. It feels like, I feel like that's easy money for the folks at home. Um, Neil, you follow all things Cincinnati football, but you also follow boys basketball, girls basketball, all things happening there. And what I want to commonly reference as Northern Kentucky, but I know it's not Northern Kentucky; mm-hmm. it's Cincinnati. Um, talk to the folks. Where can they find you? Your work, the kind of things you're working on lately. Yeah, so you can find all of our work at thefrontofficenews.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at the Front Office News as well. That's We're trying to get to the 1,000 subscriber kind of link right now. I think we're close to 500, so we really appreciate everyone checking us out there. Uh, we also have our own podcast previewing every home and away game for this upcoming basketball season. It is called the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk Podcast. <laughs> you can find that on Spotify as well, so... Yeah, just follow us on thefrontofficenews.com. On Spotify, you can find us out at the TFON podcast, which stands for the Front Office News. But for those wondering uh, where to find me on Twitter or X, whatever many people call it nowadays, you can find me at MeyerNeil6. And that's Neil Meyer. uh, Again, MeyerNeil6 on the the social media x twitter whatever the the social media formerly known as twitter um but again thank you for coming on today it's good to talk things and we have to talk basketball soon as well i guess we got a couple fun basketball matchups as well as the year rolls out here so um all things cincinnati go to find neil thank you again for coming on today neil yeah not a problem thank you for having me on i can't wait to do this again and thank you to Neil for coming on tonight, today, I should say, to talk all things Cincinnati Bearcats and get ready for, again, a familiar foe for the Houston Cougars this week. And make sure you go follow him on Twitter. He's a very active tweeter about all things Cincinnati. If you're intrigued as to how the other new folks in the conference are doing, he's covering it very, very well. So go check him out. Thank you again for stopping by. Uh, thank you for stopping by and listening to us talk about it. Uh, it was great to have you in on the conversation as well. Tell us what you thought down in the comments below. Thinking about thinking about the game this weekend down in the comments below. Remember, we're doing... Today, breaking down all things from both sides. Tomorrow, give you the keys to the game. Saturday, we have a basketball game to cover and a football game to cover. We're doing both those things live on Twitter, X, etc., whatever you want to call it. And then after the game, uh, after the night's game, you can find us on Cougars After Dark, our live post-game After Dark show will be Saturday night. So make sure you check us out there as well. Thank you. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell so you know we're live whenever we go live on Saturday. And remember, Locked on Cougs, proud member Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.